Hello and welcome to the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast. If you're left, you're just a right edition number 435 today on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Hump day. That's right, it's hump day. All you camels, be happy. And let's get right into this, my friends. Uh, I, sometimes you read things and you just, you actually have to have to question what kind of mental state the person writing it is in because they really make points that make no sense that completely take facts and throw them away and seek to uh, give opinions based on nothing more than, than than feelings pure unadulterated feelings uh, by now, I'm sure you've heard of the woman with the bicycle in New York. Uh, six months pregnant, got off a 12-hour shift. Uh, she was leaving, and there was some disagreement about, uh, I guess there's a kiosk there, you can rent a bike. So she tried to rent one. Uh, her testimony is one of the black men pushed the, tried to take the bike, then she wouldn't let him have it. He pushed it back into the kiosk so that even though she'd rented it, she'd been charged, it was now locked up again. So she ended up buying it a second time. Her lawyer has provided receipts, actual receipts that say, yes, uh, two charges for renting a bike there. And there's really no doubt what happened anymore. But the left, my friends, they can't stop. They... They are, have gone so far over the cliff of crazy. They're like Willie, Willie E. Coyote from the uh, Roadrunner cartoons, Bugs Bunny cartoons. I'm just looking for a big boulder somewhere named with the Acme label on it to fall on the person that wrote, not literally, I would not want that, to fall on the person figuratively who wrote this absolute screed on a website called The Grio. Uh, Monique Judge is her name. And uh, this was written about five days ago. Earlier this week, she writes, I wrote, accountability is like kryptonite to whiteness. Again, there you see it very early. She's a racist. She's a left-winger and a racist. White people are bad. Their skin color is bad. We have magical skin that is just bad somehow. Really? I mean, I can't explain it. In reference to the Sarah Jane Comrie, a.k.a. City Bike Karen situation. So when this incident happened, some, pe- some people tweeted, got on social media, it got out of control, and the propaganda started. Uh, the, the woman's husband was outed uh, where he works, etc., where she works. She was actually suspended from her job for being for for the crime of see if this makes sense to you. A pregnant woman, six months pregnant, is going to go up to five black men and demand and to to demand they give her the bicycle, and then she's going to try to steal it from them. Does that make any sense on any level whatsoever? Of course it doesn't. I'd say the same if it was a black man approaching five white men or five uh, Hispanic men being approached by an alien, by a Martian. I would absolutely 
this is not about race for me, but it is for Monique Judge and other race baiters out there. Uh, Monique writes, I was addressing the way racist trolls have run around all the internet to make excuses for the way Sarah Jean, Sarah Jane Comrie weaponized her tears and her whiteness over a motorized city bike on May the 12th. How did she weaponize it? When you rent something, when you put your credit card machine, you pull the, start to pull the bike out and someone tries to take it and then shoves the bike back into the machine, forcing you to pay for one again. Who's weaponizing? It's not the woman who's six months pregnant. It's not that at all. Sounds more like somebody trying to create a racist incident, which can lead to big money these days. It's a, it's an industry now. We ought to start calling it the uh, uh, fake victim industrial complex, frankly. The incident, Judge notes, was captured on video, and even with direct evidence of her actions, now listen to what's wrong with her actions, according to Monique Judge. These apparently are now racist. If you yell help when she wasn't in danger, well, how do you know what the woman felt? You don't think that five people confronting you trying to take your bike away in your opinion uh that wouldn't that wouldn't make you feel as a woman especially six months pregnant as vulnerable and possibly in danger you wouldn't maybe have some legitimate fear there yeah monique judge would be screaming like a banshee i guarantee it uh she snatched a teenager's phone out of his hands snatcher those six months those six months pregnant women i tell you there's an epidemic now apparently they're attacking five men at once they've gone crazy uh and fake crying so the fact that this woman was upset and was crying apparently is fake to monique judge who is the ultimate authority i guess on what is fake and real crying who knew who knew uh when her presumed white knight showed up in 4k people have managed to come up with every reason under the sun for why she did for why what she did was okay what are you supposed to do when someone's trying to take something from you monique you said oh here you need it more than me would you like some money i've got 50 bucks here can i invite you over for dinner can i can i oh your shoes auntie can i tie your shoe for you please what do you want the woman to do She's got the receipts. She rented the damn bikes. She wasn't a person in the wrong. And I don't think it's realistic to expect a, a woman six months pregnant to go physically accost five grown men, no matter what color they are. She's pregnant and was tired after working a 12-hour shift, Amoni Judge mocks. She had the bike first. She paid for it. I think those are all pretty important pieces of evidence, Monique Judge. Thank God you're not an actual judge. Never mind, she writes, that all the arguments about possession of the bike just derail from the actual problem in the video. The problem is not that someone tried to take something that was hers. The problem is not that they acted in a way that frightened her, that made her angry. The problem is none of that, that they bullied her. That's not the problem. The problem is she reacted. How dare a white woman react when she's being victimized? How dare she? 
doesn't she know she's white and she's supposed to just prostrate herself immediately and give them here have my debit cards have my credit cards here's my checkbook take everything you want is that what she's supposed to do monique judge the victim's actions are the problem here because apparently if it's a confrontation between a white woman and black men the black men are angels Every time, and a white woman is the demon every time, according to Monique Judge's uh, bigoted screed here. At this point, Monique writes, the only reason there are so many debates over who had possession of the bike or who paid for it is that one side continues to use that as their crutch for everything else they say after. They're facts. When you investigate something, you're going to look for facts, and if you find certain facts, they're going to support one side or the other then yeah, you're going to go with the side that the facts support. I guess Monique Judge expects us to get rid of facts now. Or, or maybe we should racialize them. Maybe we should just use facts only if they benefit a certain side of a debate between two different races. Uh, Monique Judge uh, writes, we aren't upset about the bike. Why should you be? It was never this person that tried to take it. The receipts are with the victim here, the woman. It was her bike she rented. So why would you not be upset that someone tried to take a pregnant woman's bike? Shouldn't that be the problem? The actual event that happened? The receipts don't matter, Monique writes. The bike doesn't matter. Sarah Jane's Comrie's actions matter. In other words, if you're ever violently or threateningly victimized and you're white and the person is threatening you are black, they're automatically right. You're automatically wrong. Burn in hell, you damn racist white person. Because Monique Judge said so. Because Monique Judge pretends to be a victim and makes money doing it, writing for trash outlets like the Griot. She writes, we, I suppose she's going to speak for all black people now, Monique Judge. Uh, we are upset because Sarah Jane Comrie chose to react in a way that was too over the top for the type of dispute that was happening at that moment. What, excuse me, but Moni, wouldn't you have to walk in that person's shoes and live their life and know their experiences to understand why she reacted? And who the hell are you to judge how she reacted or overreacted? Are, are all white people supposed to stop at every second of the day and say, what if I react this way? Might it reflect badly on that person that's trying to steal something from me? Maybe the people trying to take the bike are to blame, Monique. You know, you don't do black people any favors by pretending they have no accountability for any damn thing they ever do. You don't do anybody any favors despite and regardless of their color. Uh, now, Monique Judge continues, the boys, the three boys there, Side of the story now has, has now come out. Now just listen to their side and tell me, does it sound feasible? And we've learned that she, uh, this woman, initially asked three of the boys at the in the video if she could take their bikes. Okay, why would one person want to take three bikes? One person cannot ride three bikes. Unless they've got some, some spider blood in them and they can have eight legs. But no person can ride three bikes, especially if they're six months pregnant. So that part it sounds like absolute horse, you know what. After being told no by all three, 
she proceeded to try and commandeer the bike of the boy we see resisting her in the video. So in other words, the bike that she rented was actually the boy's bike in the alternate reality of Monique Judge, and she was trying to take it from him. Because we know how those white pregnant, six months pregnant women are. They're always trying to take bikes from people and physically abuse people. It's an epidemic. His side of the story, she says, makes her look so much worse. His side of the story sounds like complete malarkey, Monique Judge. She comes off as entitled at the very least. Like Monique Judge isn't entitled. You tell, you tell lies in your columns and you're entitled to do it apparently. And anybody who challenges you is a racist. How convenient, Monique. We call that uh, black whiner privilege. Uh, in the name of causing trouble, black people is what has black people, black people in particular, on edge. Because the white woman weaponized her color and tears in the name of causing trouble for those black people. So she got upset and pretended to cry, I guess, just to upset black, upset uh White people and make black people look bad. What an evil, racist, pregnant woman she is. Those braces, you got to watch them now. They're dressing up as pregnant women. Nurses even. Uh, this could have ended so much worse and everyone involved in the situation knows that, Judge said, including Sarah Jane Comrie. In taking those actions, we can assume that she was looking for that situation to end in another way, but it didn't go as she planned. Did I mention my judge is also a mind reader? So now she is allegedly in hiding. Well, because so many people exposed her identity and people like you are angry at her and some people would probably commit violence towards this woman and her, and her husband and any other kid she has besides the baby she's carrying. So yeah, I would be a little concerned. She might be in hiding. But people like you, Monique Judge, are the reason she's in hiding. Racist hacks. Race baiters, bottom feeders like you, Monique Judge. You want to live this fantasy existence where no black person can ever be responsible for anything negative they ever do. I don't care what color or gender or whatever you are. If you do wrong, you've done wrong. Admit it. Own up to it. Uh, so now she's allegedly in hiding, according to her lawyer. She has been put on leave by her employer, and while the version of the narrative that paints her as a victim and paints five black kids as thugs and thieves who attacked a poor innocent white woman continues to spin, she has said nothing. What do you expect her to do? Invite him over for dinner? Monique, seriously. The only statements from her side have been made by her attorney. We have not heard from or seen Sarah Jane Comrie anywhere since we saw that video. Well, she's probably scared. Again, because of agitators like you, Monique Judge. And that's the problem. If we, if she wanted to fix the situation, she could easily make a statement herself. Why? You just call her a liar. You demonize her further. Because it keeps you employed. Being the hack that you are, Monique Judge. One way to switch the narrative would be to own up to her actions. She doesn't think she did anything wrong, Monique, mainly because she didn't do anything wrong. Okay, reality is reality. Boy, liberals, they think that uh, not only is gender not real anymore, but actual facts are not real anymore. It's, it's amazing. Uh, 
She knows she overreacted to being told no. She knows she was wrong. Her lawyer would be wouldn't be spending the healthcare worker COVID hero to the poor, uh, to the poors and the coloreds narrative if they both were not aware of the mere optics of all this. Optics don't always equal facts, Miss Judge. Optics are meaningless. Facts matter. She knows that she comes off looking extremely racist. Again, I don't know how. Monique judges apparently got a, a secret gene in her that allows her to identify racism no other reasonable human being can see. If, if as her attorney says, she is not racist, she should come forward and tell us that. She doesn't owe you, Monique, or any other goddamn person one damn bit of explanation for anything. If she was truly the victim of a crime, she doesn't owe you a damn thing, Monique Judge. Nobody owes you anything. Not even sympathy for you because you're such a terrible, terrible congenital liar and waste of skin of a human being. And maybe that. Maybe you should apologize for that. She should come forward and acknowledge that as an adult in her 30s, she completely mishandled the situation involving teenagers. Because teenagers never commit crimes, do they? Never, ever, ever do teenagers commit any crimes. Well, the crime stats say that, but maybe they're just racist and made up too, right, Monique? Maybe they're weaponized. Uh, she should, she could acknowledge that it was wrong for her to invade the personal space and snatch his phone out of his hand. That's to the person that she apparently slapped the phone away or something. She also could come forward and disavow the rabid racist mob that has been championing her cause and terrorizing people across the internet with her hate speech. I don't see anybody in hiding over this on that side of it, Monique. I only see this woman and her family in hiding. But I guess you're too racist to see that. You might call it colorblind. I call it racist. What that group is doing online is akin to the way the white men in the town were grouped together and terrorized somebody behind something a white woman said, true or not. Now we're going to compare the worst, one of the worst chapters in our history to this. But you're not over the top, are you, Monique Judge? The only difference is her racial terror and harassment is performed online. It doesn't make it any less damaging, hurtful, or hateful. Bullshit. If a group of people get together and want to harass me online, it's a lot less threatening than if they show up at my door with pitchforks and uh, and uh, what do you call them the uh, the flame the flaming things they came after Frankenstein with the torches pitchforks and torches. Isn't that a lot more threatening, Monique, than someone saying something bad about you? And I don't know what to do about the trolls on the internet that just want to run their mouth, Monique. But then again, I don't know what to do with trolls like you who just want to flap their gums. I guess it's better in your case because you're making money doing it. Uh, let me see. And again, it's a very sad story. And it's amazing that we've, we have devolved to the point where actual victims are actually have to go into hiding and they're made to be the bad people, the bad guys. I don't understand that, my friends. I really don't understand it at all. God 
help us with this problem. Now, let's go to the University of Wisconsin real quick here. UW-Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, home of the badges. We don't need no stinking badges over here. I stand with Lincoln is the name of the name of the uh, column here. I stand with Lincoln. UW-Madison must withstand calls to tear down iconic statue. Uh, Jackson Walker of the College Fix uh, wrote this. And apparently a statue has caused great offense. Oh, it's offended the multitudes, don't you know? It's terrible. Terrible indeed. Oh, need me three pints again just to get over it. I had recently graduated from the University of Wisconsin, Jackson Walker writes, and got the opportunity to participate in a long-standing tradition in which graduates sit in the lap of the campus Abraham Lincoln statue on UW's Bascom Hill. Uh, so, okay, it's one of those cool college traditions. You graduate, you get to sit on a statue's lap. Again, these are college kids. They do stupid things. They do silly things, but they become tradition and their tradition. So everyone's got to be silly. The tradition uh, dates back over 100 years to the arrival of the statue on campus in 1919. Sitting atop the statue allows one an elevated view of the world, much like one obtains through completing their college education and allows the opportunity to rub Lincoln's supposedly lucky nose. Okay, I'm waiting to see the reason why this statue is dangerous to anybody. Aren't y'all? You're interested? What is the problem with this statue? As underclassmen, uh, they are, well, they're forbidden to climb Lincoln or campus legend statues. The statue, uh, the legend is the statue will rise from its seat and boot us down Bascom Hill, causing us to fail all our classes. Uh, they don't do that anymore because they have alcohol to make them fail all their classes. Throughout the past four years, I played by these rules and diligently waited my turn to climb the statue. When at last it became time for my visit to Mr. Lincoln this past week, I couldn't help but feel a pit in my stomach as I did so. Instead of joy, I felt worry because it was possible that I was among some of the last UW-Madison students to participate in this venerable rite of passage. One of the first articles I ever wrote as a student uh, reporter for the College Fix in 2020 was about a student petition to remove the Lincoln statue from its place atop Bascom Hill because of a growing perception of the statue as a monument to racism. <sighs> it's so sad. Lincoln, not my favorite president. Lincoln did not think black people equal to white people. He wanted to take the black people, the slaves, and once they were liberated, he wanted to, well, look up the history of the nation of Liberia if you want to know the rest of the story. So he was a person that firmly believed white, that black people were inherently inferior to white people. He was wrong. Uh, but Lincoln did not favor slavery at all. Again, you can't forget the fact that he and many other Northerners wanted to free the slaves, then kick them back to Africa uh, for many reasons. But Lincoln is, of course, the president that presided over the most of the war between the states. He's the one that made the choice to call for 75,000 volunteers driving more southern states that had not seceded 
into uh, joining the Confederacy. So he had a lot of his history. He had the amalgamation. I'm sorry. I, my tongue got tied up there. <laughs> he was the one that released the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, making slavery a, a cause in a war that it had not been before. And yes, he did dislike slavery. And he was right to dis, uh, dislike slavery. But again, he's a historic figure, U.S. president, during one of our most trying times, maybe the most trying time in, in this nation's history. And we're not supposed to have a statue of him? It's crazy. If the statue of Lincoln or any other historical statue offends you so badly that you can't stand to look at it, or go to a university where that statue is, or go to a part of downtown where a statue like that is, you're the problem. Not the statue, not the history, not America. You are the problem. And a person, a teacher, professor, parent, whatever, that put those idiotic ideas in your head, they're part of the problem, but you're the main problem. Grow up, leave the University of Wisconsin statue of Lincoln alone, leave the traditions alone, Okay, you want to destroy America. To destroy America, you must erase all the iconic uh, and, and cultural icons and political icons and military icons of this great nation. That's part of this. Lincoln's in the same boat as Grant, Lee, Jefferson Davis, uh, you name them. Ronald Reagan one day, any veteran of any war one day. It's sad and it's just... Again, it's tearing this country apart. Why these people keep appeasing these absolute agitating little pricks is far beyond me, my friends. I wish to God they would stop. Now, I talked briefly yesterday uh, about a piece from the Federalist entitled To Address the Loneliness Epidemic, the Feds Want to Control Your Town and Friends. Stella Morabito wrote it, and I got to the first pillar of this new uh, idea that the feds have, that the left has, about A, building a social infrastructure, and that is be, would be done to strengthen social infrastructure in local communities, and social infra infrastructure being defined as the regular events and in institutions that make up our community life, says the federal government should both fund local organizations and direct how they're structured, including their locations. This can only mean that all communities must answer to the federal, federal bureaucracy in a quest to strengthen social connections among people. And it's being done under the guise that we're all too isolated, we don't have enough friends, enough social interactions, there's a lot of truth to all that. But uh, for the government, especially the federal government, to come in and run it all, it, uh, man, 1984, all over that. It would not be a good idea. I covered the uh, first part yesterday. The second pillar would be in, to enact pro-connection public policies everywhere. According to the second pillar, Government has a responsibility to use its authority to monitor and mitigate the public health harm caused by policies, products, and services that drive social disconnection. Well, that pretty much opens up to everything. 
being under the federal government's thumb, doesn't it? How will these be tracked and mitigated? It requires establishing cross-departmental leadership to develop and oversee an overarching social connection strategy. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, and accessibility are critical components of any such strategy. That's what this report says. In other words, some people are more socially connected than others, and that's not fair. They enjoy benefits, as in unearned privileges, that put others at a disadvantage. So the government needs to intervene for the sake of equity to spread the wealth of social connections. In other words, you can't have more friends than them on Facebook. You've got more followers than they do on Twitter. This one has more followers than you. That's not fair. We need the federal government to come fix it. DEI is a creature of identity politics which serves to erase human individuality and replace it with demographic identity markers that label people as either oppressors or victims, thus cultivating more resentments and hostilities in society by injecting the codes of DEI into all social relationships we are bound to become even more authoritarian and meddlesome in our personal relationships and social interactions. Now, what is the third pillar that the federal government would like to instill for our own good here? They would like to mobilize the health sector. That's part of this plan, mobilizing the health sector. As... uh, as written here by uh, Stella Morbito again of the uh, Federalist. Another threat to the private sphere of life comes under the directive to, quote, mobilize the health sector by expanding public health, listen closely, public health surveillance, that word ought to chill your blood, and interventions. That ought to make your blood run even colder, my friends. Mobilize the health sector by expanding public health surveillance and interventions. This sounds very much like tracking your social connections, maybe your social credits, and intervening when the bureaucracy deems it necessary. Maybe you're seeing this person too much, or you're not hanging out with these people enough, Or maybe you're not hanging out with anybody enough. They would have to come check on you to make sure you're okay. That you had government approval to continue to, well, exist in a a semi-independent state. Big Brother, sending in on your doctor visits and therapy sessions. I wonder if you'd have a federal agent have to come by and, and be there and record your do a video of your doctor visits. The report indicates that healthcare workers will be trained to track cases of what the government views as social connection and disconnection. As they obediently report to the federal bureaucracy, most, most individuals and local control will be lost. Well, of course, the left is about top-down statism, aren't they? And the bigger the state, the smaller the individual. The individual is you. The state are the people who'd be in charge of this. 
morass of uh, over-regulation and over-governmenting everything. They obediently report to the federal bureaucracy most individual and local control will be lost. Medicine is bound to become more federalized, less private than even when answering to these mandates. Consider also that mental health practitioners are already suggesting that signs of racial or, or cultural bias should be classified as a mental illness. They're coming to take you away, men in white coats, straight jackets, involuntary confinement maybe, I don't know. Now, of course, to the promoters of DEI, all white people are inherently racially biased. It's there when you're born. It's your skin. Your skin's magic, apparently. This brings to mind the disturbing practice in the Soviet Union of consigning political dissenters to psychiatric treatments. The official line was that you must be mentally ill if you disagree with communism. We're here to help you, comrade. These shock treatments are for your own good and they'll only hurt a little bit. And you will think much more clearly when we're finished. Then there's the fourth pillar. That concerns reforms to digital environments. The advisory recognizes that overuse of the internet and social media can drive people deeper into social isolation. Oh, here it comes. There will be a meter on your computer, on the internet. You're only allowed X number of minutes or hours on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. After that, no. A blog, you have a blog, a website. Uh, you can only spend so much time a day. And, of course, content will have to come into question at some point, won't it? Because the state knows best, my friends. Remember that. It's for your own good. But it also promotes centralized government control over technology development, especially in human interactions. We must learn more by requiring data transparency from technology companies, it says. So government would decide how to design and how to use such technologies. It would very likely compel technology, technology companies to provide data to the government on Americans' social connections. Every word you say... What's that police song? What are the lyrics? Every word you say, then there's more. I'll be watching you. I'll be listening. Very, very frightening stuff, my friends. The advisory also backs the development of pro-connection technologies. Oh, yippee. With the goal of creating safe safe environments and safeguarding the well-being of users. Again, we care about you. It's for your own good. Too much of anything's bad for you, especially freedom. Such phrasing has been used in recent years to justify censorship under the guise of protecting certain demographics. So this will not be applied equally, of course. In light of the importance of DEI to the overall strategy, this sounds ominously like a call for further protection. 
i.e. government control of the private sphere. Again, the primary director of all these remedies is the federal bureaucracy, not a trusted family member, friend, pastor, or neighbor. And it's damn sure not you. Individualism is bad. And I will get to, to the last two pillars tomorrow, my friends. Uh, and this does get scarier, but uh, I wanted to kind of break it up a little bit. A little bit over time, I apologize. God bless y'all, my friends. Have a wonderful day, wonderful hump day. And we will talk to you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts. If you're left, you just ain't right. I'm Doug Hagen, giving you the same sage advice I give every time I do one of these. God bless America. If you're left, you just ain't right. And yes, go Gators. We'll talk to you soon, my friends. Take care, be good, and safeguard your freedoms. Once they're gone, well, you know they will never come back. God bless y'all. Take care.